Hello, welcome along to another Man in the Mirror. It's a podcast where I talk to a male guest about their life, about work, and about the contents of their bathroom cabinets, those key products that they love, things that they might take away, and, and a sort of holiday wash bag, those key things that they can't do without. Um, I try to talk to men at, at different life stages and from different walks of life, and this week I'm thrilled that I'm joined by a guy called David Evans, who you might know better on Instagram as Grey Fox Blog. Um, David is a style and menswear blogger. He's um, over 60 years of age, and he won't mind me saying because you know, he talks about 60-plus style. Um, he's someone that supports UK brands, and most importantly, if you see any of his posts and any of his photos, he's immaculately dressed and one of those people that just has an innate sense of style and good taste. Um, I really enjoyed my conversation with him. He, he's a, a fascinating man, uh, a former lawyer and a former teacher, I think, as well. And now, I think about 10 years ago, got into the world of, of blogging and has absolutely made it his own. Um, particularly interesting, obviously, because it's it's someone in a, in a different age category. He's 60 plus. So I was keen to find out more about his regime and what he uses and the products that work well for him. I know you're going to find David as interesting as, as I did. And um, so here we go. It's Hayden Williams here. It's the Man in the Mirror podcast. This is David Evans, Grey Fox blog, which you, you'll hear during the podcast. I seems like some kind of tongue twister that I really struggle with. Um, I'm sure you'd say it better than I would. And it, re- it reads a lot easier than it is to say, I realise now. So here he is, David Evans, Grey Fox blog on Man in the Mirror. Welcome along to another episode of Man in the Mirror, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by style and menswear blogger David Evans. Hi, David. How are you? Hi, Hayden. Uh, thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me uh, on your podcast. Um, I- I'm great and uh, delighted to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's really, really great to have you on. And um, you know, I said a little bit in the introduction about the, the fact that you're you're a style and a menswear blogger, and I've I've been seeing your posts for. A, for a few years and I think you know regardless of of age and everything it's just just someone who's got such incredible sense and innate sense of of style and it, but it's also really I just find it really great to see um, someone celebrating UK brands and um yeah the sort of I don't know that sort of gentlemanly sense of style that I don't see in too many places so I, I really wanted to to get you on the podcast, a to just because I'm nosy and to find a, a bit more about you, but <laughs> also your journey into to blogging and Instagram and sure. on, on all these kind of weird and wonderful areas that we we find ourselves in now. So I, I'd like to start off, I suppose, if you don't mind telling me a bit about how you got into to blogging and Instagram. How, how did that come about? Well, sure. Yes, I, I've had my blog now for what ten and a half years. Wow! Uh, and I started on Instagram as Grey Fox Blog. Yes, I suppose probably a year or two later than that. I mean, ten and a half years ago was pretty early days for Instagram, from what I remember. It would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I don't think I started on it immediately. But um, now I started the blog ten and a half years ago, really because I wanted to write uh, and. I mean, few people seem to start blogs now, but, um, you know, in those days they were seen really as a sort of verbal um, way of approaching whatever topic you're interested in. And yeah. I didn't really know what I was going to write about, but um, 
because I had no background in menswear or style or fashion or anything like that um, until I, I just thought, well, at that stage, I was late 50s. I thought I'd write about, you know, my, a sort of journey trying to discover what I should be wearing at that age and where I could buy clothes and so on. You know, mm. men probably maybe in their 40s get to that sort of stage where they're thinking, should I be wearing T-shirts? Should I be wearing jeans? All that sort of stuff. And I just thought I'd, it sort of vaguely interested me because I suppose I'd try to dress smartly in my previous life. I was I was a lawyer and latterly a teacher. Uh, okay. I'd had to dress smartly, particularly as, as a lawyer. Yes. And I used to buy nice suits and things. So I had that sort of vestigial interest in it. And I just thought I could use that to, to sort of go on this adventure, trying to find out, you know, what I could be wearing, um, you know, at my age in my 50s as I went into the 60s. Um, and I suppose I'm still on that journey, really. Um, but pretty early on, I I became interested in yeah British made um, menswear and sort of accessories in particular because I think I'd seen throughout my childhood and sort of early adulthood, um, you know, in my in my in my childhood and as an early adult, I could go into say Marks and Spencers and the racks would be full of. British made products, yeah. which of course isn't the case now, no, no. because throughout the latter half of the last century, you know, people were manufacturers were going abroad and and getting stuff more cheaply um, from factories and you know suppliers outside the UK. Um, and I just discovered while when I started the blog that uh, there are still a lot of um, brands, particularly young brands, that are, have a sort of a wish to make things in this country. And it was just interesting rediscovering them and rediscovering brands that have been around for, for decades, if not centuries. Um, so all that has become part of what I'm doing now. And, it, and it's so interesting to find out, I mean, uh, whether it's clothes or, in, in my case, a little bit more with with sort of perfume and, and grooming brands, it, when, you, when you dig into that a bit more, just finding out about the history and the stories of some of these brands and, and, and the characters behind them. I think that's, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? And, and like you say, to shine a light on some of these companies that are still doing in, incredible work and still making in, incredible products. It's um, yeah, I think it's, it's a, a great thing and it's, it's a real credit to you. And, and David's being very modest that, you know, it's been going, as he said, nearly, nearly <laughs> 10 years, but the, yeah, a, a huge amount of followers, I think 37,000 on, on Instagram. And, he gets to work with a lot of major you know, clothing brands and Savile Row brands, and but also has has a really, a really unique sort of tone of voice and, and a perspective, which I think we will talk about this a bit later. Actually, I, I, I mean, it, it might mm. just be my algorithms on on the socials, but it's it's a it's a perspective and it's a lens that I don't get to see um, very often from 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 other people. I'm, I'm sure mm. maybe on your feed, you know, there's other people in this sort of world that you you get to see. But um, if, if you don't follow mm. the Grey Fox, Fox blog, he says, um, tongue twister, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a really great insight into, yeah, it's sort of wearing clothes with, with style and, and clothes that sort of befit one's yeah. age. But again, I, you know, the, the philosophy of that's really interesting, isn't it? You know, how should we, should we feel like we have to dress more, you know, appropriate to our age and more modestly, or should we just wear what the hell we like yes. and, and not even worry about it? I guess it's a, a, another question. Well, I think it's sort of part of it. It's part, it's the answer is part of those, um, you know, partly, yeah. 
partly dress as we like and and partly I, I'm not sure that there is necessarily um, a sort of style of clothing that's appropriate to age. Um, it, I, I, and I suppose I say that from a sort of um, direction that uh, I tend to go for fairly classic sort of yeah. clothing anyway. And being interested in British style means you you have a very good start with that because British style tends to be fairly classic in nature. I think British style was very much at the source of most sort of Western styles of menswear. Yes, of course. Yeah. So you look at Italian tailoring, you know, you look at uh, modern sort of Japanese high fashion, and it all has its sort of roots in, in, in British style and um, in British tailoring and in, in British fashion. Simply because, you know, the, We've been doing the Brits were around for so long. Uh, and and with with the industrial revolution we were sort of there first you know weaving cotton and spinning cotton and 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 uh breeding sheep for wool and so on so i suppose we were sort of there at the beginning yeah. and and hopefully we're still there uh in a fairly sort of persuasive way yes you know sh- showing the world our style but i suppose like you say it's that, it's that balance isn't it and and kind of trying to hold true to one's own sense of style but you know not trying i guess not to be that cliche of the kind of the um older guy still wearing the kind of trainers that you know yes. his grandchildren are wearing and and baseball caps on funny angles and that kind of thing yeah. but but also not feeling like you have to be in kind of beige cable knit cardigans and and slippers and there's there's definitely Quite. you know uh, owning your own sense of style but but Yes. doing it sort of appropriately, I suppose. I, I think it, it gets quite complex, that, doesn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, I go into town sometimes and I see, you know, dads who are probably in their 40s and they're dressed identically to their sons, you know, who they've taken shopping and they're sort of in black, you know, super dry. So I was going to say, super dry, and, a whole bunch and, of super and, dry. And big trainers <laughs> and so on. And I, and I think, it, you know, I think that's fine. If that's what they want to wear, yeah. I, I certainly don't want to criticise them for it. But I, uh, And I'm certainly not saying this is an age issue. But I think, you know, maybe they are slightly victims of fashion. Mm. And what I what I try to persuade men to do is actually look for style. And style is something that comes from within you. It's, it reflects your own personality, your own tastes, rather than things that are imposed on you by brands or by designers of sort of, you know, international uh, fashion yes. brands who are making absolutely millions from sort of persuading people to wear jacket mm. A or trousers B or trainers C, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I, I, I think, you know, we have a great opportunity with 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 menswear, with style, to 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 look for products that reflect our own interests and our own tastes, uh, and and that's what we should do rather than allowing ourselves to be dictated totally. by and I think, fashion brands. No, no, I, I, that's my rant anyway. I couldn't agree more, and I think <laughs> that the the items, you know, thinking about my wardrobe and and the items, and I learned this, you know, too late as well, but that mm. you know things don't have to be transitory and and sort of ephemeral and just seasonal and actually the the the, the clothes that i like the most and have given me most sort of pleasure and I think sort of epitomize me are just some of those where i've probably spent a little bit more money but buying mm. bought something classic that will last for a hell of a lot longer and um mm. yeah and i think it's that i don't know maybe it does come I don't know. Some people are probably were a lot better at it earlier than I was about sort of finding their own sort of, not say signature, but you know, almost having a kind of 
a sort of ward, a capsule wardrobe or an idea of clothes that work quite well for for their silhouette and and for them. And I, yeah, I, I, I think I, <laughs> I think I think I know roughly what it is. And it doesn't mean that you can't kind of try new things. But it, it, it you know, yeah, I don't want to buy the same clothes no. as my fourteen-year-old. I, I suppose the ideal would be to. Yes, I suppose the ideal would be to dress as sustainably as possible, which would mean having not too large a sort of capsule wardrobe yes. where everything sort of goes yeah. together and everything is beautifully made and everything lasts well. And you know, often, often men's wear things like denim and leather and so on. You know, they they actually patinate and improve yeah. in looks with age. Um, but of course, it's not always possible to do that because, in a way, to be able to start a capsule wardrobe <laughs> like that, you'd have to throw everything away and start again, which you know in itself is unsustainable, and you'd probably be chucking away stuff that you you wanted yeah. to keep anyway. So, it, it, it's not something I necessarily advocate. But it, over a longer term, it's something you can you can aim for. Uh, and if you spend a little bit more on an item, then yes. it tends to fit better. It yeah. tends to last better. It looks better. And it just sort of feels better because, you know, it's beautifully made. And it doesn't have to be some, you know, international brand name because, you know, often often we pay a lot for a name and actually are not mm, necessarily for paying badge, for quality. Right. So, you know, again, I think what I tend to advocate is, you know, look for those little brands. And there are so many British brands that are making most beautiful stuff in this country, which is the highest quality. And it isn't necessarily terribly expensive. And, you know, there's all the fun of trying to find those brands and going to visit them and chatting to them about their products and trying the stuff on. So, you know, and that in some ways is more fun and, and ultimately isn't as time-consuming as going into town yeah. every Saturday and just sort of filling your basket with, with cheap yeah, stuff, which goodness. is going to end up in landfill because it falls apart or you don't like it, you know. And, you're, and, <laughs> and as men anyway, we don't, you know, I suppose we're maybe slightly more fortunate than, than, than women. There doesn't... Of course, there's you know there's fashion weeks and men's clothes are seasonal, but it doesn't feel like we mm. we 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 don't have to buy into that quite as much, do we? I think you 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 know, no men aren't always no, as, I think that's as, right. as aware of the the trends as the women's magazines that sort of tell you the you know, the no. season it's this shape skirt or whatever. So I think we should we should hold on to clothes a bit longer and buy yes buy less and buy better. Yes, I think there is a difference there between men and women. Women. Um, are often very much under pressure to not to not be seen, say, in the same dress, you know, mm. more than a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but I think I think I, th- I think young women are very much getting into the idea of looking for more sustainable approaches to to, to that sort of approach to style and fashion. You know, maybe renting dresses or yes, or, right. or, or buying vintage um, or you know swapping with your mates and mm-hmm. you know there are all sorts of ways you can get around it without necessarily just filling your wardrobes with stuff that. And you're hardly ever going to wear, yeah. Which is just so unsustainable. You're totally right. I think we're we're all getting much more, yeah, aware of that, aren't we now? And the horrible. I think we are, and I think young people are in particular. Yes, um, which yeah. is great to see. Yeah, I thought and it was fascinating. I mean, it was sort of harking back to earlier in the conversation, but um, you know, I wasn't sure what what you did and what, and what your life was before <laughs> before before mm. blogging. But um, the fact that you were we're in law and, and teaching. I mean, it yeah. is, it's 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 interesting that that you found. I mean, I'm, I've no doubt you were a very stylish lawyer and, and teacher, but it's <laughs> interesting that you you've absorbed so much knowledge and, and uh, sort of taken this on full throttle over the over the last ten years and started to work with the people that you have. I mean, I guess you always had that 
interest in 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 style and, and menswear, right? Yes, I, I think what's interesting, I, I suppose I didn't necessarily have, I, I mean, I remember my mother was a very stylish woman and had a great interest in style. And, um, you know, in the 60s and 70s, she used to buy Vogue. And mm. s- sometimes Vogue used to have men in Vogue. And I used to be quite interested in, in looking at that and, you know, seeing all the sort of uh, Tommy Nutter suits and so yeah. on, you know, that were, that were very much in, in fashion at that time. So I suppose, you know, maybe some of that rubbed off, but my mother was also very artistic. And I think having some sort of artistic sense helps uh, in a search for style and in, in the sense that, um, you know, clothes are all about um, proportion, um, about color, about sort of um, texture and about about pattern. And I think, you know, maybe it has helped me having a sort of basic, reasonable artistic sense in in, in, in deciding what looks good and, mm-hmm. and what doesn't look quite so good. Yeah. No, so I suppose I've been lucky in that respect. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Man in the Mirror podcast, um, you know, I, I try to, mm. uh, over the, the, the episodes we've had so far, it's just, you know, men from different walks of life and, and, and different professions and, um, you know, people that I'm keen to talk to. But mm. one of the things that is really interesting to me is just finding a little bit more about um, the sort of bathroom cabinet essentials and, and sort of the the, sure. the morning and evening routines. And, and, and I think particularly for for people in, in different sort of age categories. And um, I'm fast approaching 50, so I've, I've been a good deal older than some of the people I've spoken to, but I've been impressed with how sure. people, you know, really engage with brands and, and their their different routines. But I, I was really keen to have you on, David, because I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I was sort of assuming that you you have an interest in, in some of these products and and how you go about your skincare and grooming but um i, I don't know for sure but well that, that that i i do but i mean it's a fairly recent okay. interest and i suppose that's because i'm from that generation i mean i remember my my father and my grandfather you know they might have uh, they might have had a, a couple of bottles of of aftershave yeah um or, or some sort of cologne um you know in the bathroom and then they'd have the usual sort of tube of palm olive um um, yeah. Shaving soap, you know, uh, and but uh, and for that reason, I, I I didn't take a great interest probably until fairly recently, and that's probably partly a result of being a blogger and an Instagrammer. Mm. And I, I can remember in my teens and in my twenties, you know, having the sort of obligatory um, bottle of Brut. Um, <laughs> of course, I don't know whether Brut still exists. Yeah, it does. And Aramis, yeah. you know, which are just from that generation, yeah. and. Uh, I remember, you know, I probably used to go out to parties and things, sort of absolutely reeking of this stuff. I think everyone did. But then after that, I didn't really take a great deal. <laughs> yes, quite. After that, I didn't really take a great deal of interest, probably till about sort of four, five, six years ago. Oh, okay. Um, when I started to become more aware, probably through the sort of British made um, yes. side yeah. of what I'm doing, uh, of, you know, very great sort of traditional brands like Florist yes. who've been around for their shop's so lovely, isn't it? For, for centuries, to be quite honest. And you go into their shop and you can see, you know, documents sort of relating to orders by people like that's right, Lord Nelson, you know, for their uh, shop's incredible for fragrances, uh, uh, exactly. And 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 Ian Fleming, you know, it, it, yeah. it's just got such a history to it, and that really interested me. Mm. 
Um, so what about shaving, David? What what um, what do you do for shaving? Well, I I, I use uh, a double edged razor. You know, mm-hmm. do, do I mean a double edged one where you have the sort of the you know the oblong yeah. blade with 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 two edges? Yes, I've tried the sort of multi edge shavers, which are fine, and you, you you very rarely cut yourself, but they are quite expensive, and I don't I, I don't really like sort of having to chuck away very yeah, expensive blades. You know, I, I am trying to think of sustainability here, and I know yeah. with a double-edged blade, you're, you're throwing a blade away after a few days, but at least they're metal and they can be recycled. Yeah, um, totally. They're not too high in sort of plastic. So, so yes, so I, I do use a shaving brush, double-edged razor, and really whatever's to hand from there. You know, I, I use all sorts of... I've, I've, just, I've tried all sorts of shaving soaps and shave creams and things and shave gels... And I'm using a very nice uh, shaving soap at the moment, which uh, uh, is from the Body Shop. Funny enough, I, mean, I didn't oh, okay. realise the Body Shop was still around, but it's the most beautiful, really rich lather it gives me with my brush. Oh, great! I tend to prepare lots of hot water. I tend to have a shower before I shave, so that, you know all the hot water sort of really softens my beard. Yeah, open the pores. No, I often use um, a shave oil just to sort of make sure that uh, the blade is lubricated. Mm. So I put the shave oil on and then put the, the foam over that. And it seems to work fairly well. And I, I, I cut myself fairly regularly still, but uh, <laughs> it really is an art shaving with a double-edged yeah. razor, as I'm sure you know. And do you do that every day, David? Yes, I do I do shave every day. Yes, I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And again, maybe um, that's me being a product of my generation. But um, if I've decided I want to be clean-shaven, then I feel I need to be... I need to shave every day. You commit to it. I have recently started to sort of occasionally gone through cycles where I don't shave for a few weeks and have a bit of a beard uh, and then decide I don't want a beard anymore. So I shave it off and most of the time I'm I'm, I'm clean shaven. Right. And do you have um, sort of skincare products that you that you're particularly um, drawn to, that you sort of use regularly? Or again, is it more just sort of what comes to hand? I'm thinking about, you know, sort of um, moisturizers or balms that, that you like as part of your shaving routine. Well, I'm lucky in that I, I don't necessarily have to moisturize after shaving. Um, so I tend to use whatever I feel like using that particular morning. And sometimes it's a moisturizer, sometimes it's a balm or an aftershave. Yeah. Uh, I really love the, the, the brand DR Harris, or another of these sort of very traditional London-based sort of gentlemen's yes, um, I know. fragrance uh, brands, aren't they? And um, I, I might use one of their aftershave milks. They do a very nice one called Arlington. Or if I don't feel I necessarily need moisturizing, I might use... A cologne, and again, Arlington do a nice. Uh, the DR Harris do a nice Arlington cologne. But I, I think I've had um, I've had Windsor from DR. Yes, Harris, that's very nice as well, as well. Yes, yeah. And then they do a pink aftershave, which is a very subtle sort of slightly rose pink sort of uh, fragrance, but incredibly subtle. So, and that gives you a nice sort of you know smarting sting after your shave, which is nice. <laughs> And yeah. I, I, I've got a sort of variety of moisturizers which I tend to use from time to time, which tend to either be sort of samples from goodie bags or, you know, that I've just mm-hmm. been interested in trying. And, uh, you know, from the basics sort of Nivea post shave balm through L'Occitane, I've got a quite an interesting fluid Energy Sense, I think it's called, which is quite nice. Um, 
has a slightly unusual vague scent to it but is is very good at moisturizing if your skin's feeling particularly dry and l'oreal do something similar which is quite nice as well but i i i probably tend to to focus on on the on the british made brands so you know dr harris is Mm. tends to be my go-to and if i'm wanting a bit of fragrance then i over the years i seem to have accumulated a huge cupboard full of uh, of fragrances which i i I, I tend to go to and and, and in terms of how you pick your fragrance are you one of these people that sort of picks by by mood or season or just whatever comes to hand how how do you go about that i think it's it's partly mood and it's partly season i mean i tend to go for the sort of more citrusy end of the spectrum Mm. but if if it's winter then i might go for something very woody i tend to avoid more floral stuff i it, it, and that's just simply um personal preference you know we all have personal preferences about so your taste you know our fragrances yeah. so at the moment i'm using quite a lot uh florist limes which i really like it's really nice and citrusy and I, i've got a feel it was was it limes that was a favorite of of, of ian fleming but uh, I, I might be wrong about that certainly he, he did. Uh, yeah it could well have been and Groomer. I don't know if you know Groom, G-R-U-H-M-E. I don't even know whether they still exist, but I have a very nice British-made fragrance from them, number 14, which is similar to limes, nice and uh, citrusy. Okay. Yeah, so so I I tend to go, in winter, I've I've got a really sort of woody, spicy thing from Czech and Speak called Perfecto Fino, which is a bit like sort of splashing on, I don't know, the sort of brandy that might run off a Christmas pudding. Wow. You know, it's absolutely amazing. But uh, it's not something I would touch for, for summer. So there is that very much. There is that sort of seasonal approach to, to yes. one's choices, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, I think somehow instinctively you sort of, you know, when you're wrapped up in scarves and coats, you, you sort of go for something a bit heavier and, and that doesn't feel quite so appropriate, does it, when you're in lighter shirts and, and shorts and things? Yeah. no. They tend to be quite warm, those sorts of mm. fragrances. And actually, I quite like that sort of citric sharpness, which seems to have more of a sort of cooling effect in some ways. Yeah, it's sort of interesting to me that you you, uh, you mentioned some of those, and it absolutely sort of ties into into your ethos and, and what you do elsewhere. But it's great that you're talking about, you know, D.R. Harris and Check and Speak and some of these florists, some of these classic sort of... Um, Mayfair, you know, sort of Victorian barber kind of brands, which are still going strong and still making some some beautiful products and fragrances, aren't they? A- absolutely, yes. And um, sometimes I use a, a deodorant, and one of my favourites is from George F. Trumper, which again, you know, follows this sort of uh, theme oh, of the gentlemanly yeah. sort of you know barbers <laughs> and the fragrance uh, yeah. um, uh, makers. So yes, I suppose I do tend to go for that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I was sent some um, something called Laconia by Tom Daxon uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, uh, which I really, yes. really like. Um, uh, and I suspect that's more of a sort of a, a younger brand in some ways, but it's very, very nice as well. Again, sort of quite towards that citrusy sort of end of the spectrum, really. It definitely is. Which it, suits me fine. That was, funny enough, that, that one from Tom Daxon was one of the sort of first more kind of niche fragrances that I encountered. And... I, th- I mean, right. a long story about it, but the, the Laconia refers to a region in Greece, and it happened to be a place that I'd, ah. I'd been to. And there's this whole thing around sort of lemon groves and the, the smell of the the coastal areas in um, 
in southern in this Peloponnese mm. in, in Greece. Anyway, oh, lovely, it's, yes. it's a beautiful, yes. it's a beautiful fragrance. I, really, I love that one too. Yeah. Really good. Another brand that sort of takes that approach of sort of, you know, thinking about parts of the Mediterranean and you know sea breezes and citrus groves and so on is Aqua de Palma. And I've got um, yes. several of yeah. the Aqua de Palma fragrances. I think probably. My favourite is the sort of traditional Colonia, which I think is the one that sort of started it all, as far yes. as I know. And then they have lots of offshoots from that, don't they? But um, they do. That, that's a very nice um, sort of general purpose uh, fragrance, which I, th- uh, I think so I too. To I think back it's on pretty hard to go wrong with a good um, Aqua de Palma Colonia or a Senza no, or one absolutely. of those. They're great. No, quite. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tend to use fragrances most days, but not every day. Yes. At, um, uh, and sometimes I do use them as a deodorant, you know, effectively by spraying them under my arm. Whether that's how you're meant to use them, I have absolutely no idea, but uh, it know. seems to work for me anyway. I don't think there's any, any rules. I don't know how, I, don't, I have no. no idea how effective no. it is as a, sort of a, a deodorant. No. But, uh, certainly, certainly smell-wise it would do the job. But I do prefer the subtle approach. I don't really like you know, walking along and being hit by a sort of physical wall of fragrance from, no. you know, a man or a woman walking no. by. I, I, I think that's, that's hopefully not my style, but it is actually quite hard to know once you've put on a fragrance how how strong the, the aroma, the, the, the fragrance is, isn't it? It totally is, I think. Because you tend to not smell it after yeah, a while. We go a bit nose blind to the, the fragrances, you know, whether it's yeah. within our houses yeah. or... The, the the fragrances we Quite. wear absolutely, but I, I'm I'm with you, and I know it's a it's a taste thing completely. But um, I'm never a fan of you know your fragrance sort of entering a room before you do. You know, or it just being such a no. bold statement. And I, you know, again, I guess it's sort of different. I don't know, is it different generations or tastes? You know, there's something of now I, that you see a lot more online of mm. you know people wanting to almost advertise that they're wearing some expensive you know Quite. designer fragrance and and sort of put loads of it on and that, that yeah it's not not my kind of yes. not my way of doing it either but uh, i think the perfection for me is maybe you know kissing a woman you get her fragrance and then you sort of remember it and next time you smell it you you, you remember her uh, you know that that is one of the powers of uh yeah. the fragrances is that it seems to have some sort of effect on your memory banks doesn't it oh definitely yeah, and you remember people and places and events, often by fragrances, just as much. Yeah, you know, in other ways. I think you're right, and it's you know, as it's sort of interesting. You talk about the sort of coming in for a kiss or an embrace. I mean, I, I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to come in, yeah, that close and get a, get a smell of it, and then sort of be enveloped by it there, but not necessarily sort of it coming around in a knocked out force field no. <laughs> before. <laughs> no, quite. Yeah, but you don't want to sort of recoil by the. You know, <laughs> The power no. of the of, of the aroma, yeah, it can it can happen. No, it's Especially just if you go to some subtle... of these perfume events, it's sort of like you know, massive sort of cloud of um, fragrance yes. and things. Yeah, yeah, or like walking past some of these sort of soapy type shops on the high street, where you know you you walk past and there's uh, they're obviously spraying yeah. this stuff into the air outside the stores a bit much. to try and tempt people yeah, in, and I just think that's too much, really. Well, it's yeah. really interesting and, and great to to hear. There's there's definitely some different brands there that that um, haven't come up in the podcast before that, you know, again, such such heritage and, and history behind them is mm. brilliant. But I wanted to ask you as well about, um, you know, your experience of blogging and, you know, Instagramming now. And, you know, you're, you're in your 60s. I mean, do, do you find the social platforms to be a, a sort of welcoming place? Are you, are you, 
Do you feel like you're treated with, oh, hey, God, is anyone entitled to courtesy or whatever? But, you know, are people, are people kind of, do, 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 do you seem like people get what you're, you're doing? And do you, do you feel like a, it's a nice space to be? Uh, uh, yes, in Instagram, certainly. I mean, I, I, I do have a presence on Twitter, but I never, yeah. I never visit there. And I, I certainly try not to get dragged into, you know, the terrible mm. stuff you find there. Facebook, I, I, again, I think I've got a presence because what I put on Instagram appears on Facebook, but again, I don't really visit. Mm. Where I do find Instagram a very friendly and welcoming place, and it's a great community. Um, you know, I've made a lot of friends through through Instagram yeah. who I will you know, go and visit, have lunch and coffee with in town and uh, and email and and, and message and exchange ideas and uh, and what's interesting about Instagram is it, it in some ways it's just sort of the surface of what's going on because uh, uh, I do find lots of people contact me by email or, or message and want to comment about maybe things I've worn or to ask questions mm. about where they can go for things and I, I really like that um, that side of it and I think uh, I hope Instagram will sort of retain that yeah. that friendly sort of community feel for a lot, a lot of time you know of course we do get a lot of the nuisance and the spam stuff on, on Instagram now yeah. I'm really, I'm, but it's quite easy to avoid that yeah I'm really glad you, you that's your experience and that, I think mm. that I'm finding that too and, and, and the fact that the you know the real life relationships and networks and, and people that you can connect with off the platform and how that sort of impacted in, in, in only speaking personally, but you know, it, it's ended up being something that's, um, mm. you know, made a really positive effect on, on my life for the last few years. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a, for the most part, I can't, I can't think of any, you know, have no interest in getting into any kind of, you know, controversial issues on there. And for the, you know, I'm really no. talking about grooming and fragrance, so it couldn't, it would struggle to be particularly, controversial but um yeah I, i'd say I've, I've, for this whole sort of for me the kind of beauty and grooming and fragrance sector whether it be the brands or the the prs or whatever i've you know almost universally have been lovely and welcoming and and um yeah can only say nice things so I'm, I'm glad that's your experience too I, I think it's about being authentic isn't it really and um so. you know i'm quite open about what the topic of of gray fox blog on instagram is and therefore i don't really feel it's my place to get involved with politics and gender issues and, mm. and so on you know i i'm not i'm not under i'm not undermining the importance of those issues because they are incredibly important and of course i have views on all those things and um they're, they're probably they're certainly more important than some of the things I'm looking at on on my Instagram. But you know, I have made the decision that those are the themes I'm going to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about other things, and I'm not going to mm. uh, get embroiled with people who want to argue about those topics because you know it's simply not the place to do it. And people do like. I, I think we are entitled to a little bit of escapism, you know. Particularly as the world at the moment is yeah, such totally. an incredibly miserable place, um, <laughs> we are entitled yeah. to a bit of escapism. And um, it doesn't mean we care any less about these things. It just means that we want to try and continue our lives as normal. You know, we have families, we yeah. have friends, and we have so many other things we want to do. Um, but we don't necessarily have to cover all those issues on our social media all the time no yeah. right no you're right i think right. shining a light on on the positivity and i i've, I've found yeah. myself sometimes you know sort of almost apologizing so <laughs> i don't feel like i should be you know reviewing a perfume or talking about a 
shave foam or whatever yeah. because of all these things that are going on in the world. But uh, what can you do? You can't, you can't preface every, no. <laughs> every blog by saying, I know there's other stuff going on. Of course, like you say, of course there is. It, it the world be, has uh, to keep revolving. Of course it does. And, and, and people find you know, some, some comfort and entertainment or interest or you know, these, these moments of, sort right. of self-care and looking after ourselves, I think, is, is important too. So. Absolutely right. Yeah. And of course, people don't know, you know, what we're doing about these more important issues in our well, exactly. non-social yeah. media lives. So, in a way, you know, it's 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 not relevant. No, and it's only ever a, a sort of a small kind of, you know, a small piece of of who we are, isn't it? Quite exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I wonder also that you know, on on the podcast, I I like to find out about how people feel about um, the man that looks back at them in the mirror. And again, you know, I've talked to people of of, of various ages, and um, you know, and I've, I've you know, rarely seen someone on on Instagram who who seems so, you know, comfortable and stylish in in their skin. But again, it's that's me being presumptuous. I, I wonder how you how you feel about your appearance and you know what you see in the mirror now. Would you would you want to are you someone that thinks, oh God, I I loved. David Evans, when you know he was, I loved the the guy that looked <laughs> back at me when I was twenty five. Or are you happy? No, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, where, where are you? No, but that, no it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? That because you know, I I find the question sort of slightly surprising, simply because I simply don't think about it. You know, I've mm. I've been looking in the mirror for you know sixty plus <laughs> years, and and obviously seeing changes over yeah. those times. Well, maybe that tells you. And something. I've just accepted it. That that's how it is. Yeah. You know that that, that that's. I'm aging and I, I look different. My hair's gone grey. Mm. Uh, there are lines appearing and saggy bits around my jowls. But you know, hell, that that that's age, and age brings so many compensations. Um, that uh, you know, I'm quite happy to put up with the lines and the grey hair and, and and the saggy jowls because I am enjoying those compensations. And I I do feel sorry for people who always sort of wanting something else. You know, the grass is yeah. always greener on the other side. Yeah. And um, I, I can, you know, I, I may feel I want to sort of minimize the effect of some of those things. So if my skin's getting drier, I will use a, I will use a moisturizer. Um, but I would never go as far as, as anything as, as sort of invasively cosmetic or, yes. or, and I wouldn't dye my hair or, or yeah, anything yeah. like that. Because I think there comes a stage where you have to accept yourself as you are. And I, I, I do recognize that not everybody can do that mm. but it, it, I, I think you know happiness lies in the way of just of acceptance um and getting on with it and and making the most of how things are uh, so i think maybe that is probably the approach that i'm just lucky enough to to have taken and to be able to take quite comfortably yeah oh that that makes that <laughs> makes a lot of sense and i think you know also if people check out the Ray Fox blog, you know, you're, you're, I don't know whether you Thank do you. lots of exercise, but you, you know, you certainly seem like you're sort of someone that still is in, in good shape and whether that's good, good genes or, yeah. or, or whatever, but you know, you're not, you know, you're still very fit and active and, and, um, and I think good, you know, good living looks like it comes across. Yeah. I, I think that is an incredibly important thing to try and keep active because, you know, with activity comes, you know, healthy looking skin, a healthier looking body. And, mm. um, although, you know, the, the joints may be letting you down and the skin may be sagging and so on, it, it, you know, actually it really does help not only appearance wise, yeah. but also I mean, internally, you know, you go out for 
um, exercise, even if it's just a, a walk around the local woods or something, you know, you feel so much better for it. And that well-being yeah. reflects itself in your appearance and your whole attitude to life. So I think those things are incredibly important, just welfare, looking after yourself, well-being. Mm. Very important. Without it becoming a sort of terribly complicated, sort of uh, slightly alternative thing. It's just getting out yeah. and appreciating what's around yeah. you. Yeah, you say it doesn't doesn't need to be a, sort of a big regime. I think you know, I no. like to get out and walk my dog, and that's exactly. You know, I, I enjoy the dog walk just as much as you know, recharging and and um, getting fresh air. And yeah, it's um, yes, good I for my mental health. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably a good point a good segue to talk about happiness and um mm. what, what are the things that make you happy david well i i think i'd have to say being with my family i mean i'm lucky being the age yeah. i am you know i have two grown-up children in their early 30s um and two uh grandchildren um oh, great. Who are just one and nearly three oh, and you know they're just a pure delight and and, yeah, and just I'm being sure. with them is it, it makes me very happy and when are I'm they not close them, by, do they live? Near yes, they you? are. Yes, they're they're, oh, they're not far from where I am, so we see right. them fairly regularly and uh, oh, are fairly involved in their in their care. I mean, just this coming weekend, we're going to be looking after them, which is really nice, you know, to yeah. give the parents a bit of a rest. And I think you know, I remember when when we were bringing our two up, my my wife's parents were incredibly helpful. You know, if 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 we needed help, they would jump in their car and drive sort of sixty miles and come and look after our, our two all day. And yeah. we realized the huge sort of benefits of having uh, grandparents who are involved. Um, and so we've tried to sort of do that with, with our grandchildren as well. And that brings great happiness. You know? Yeah, and as you say, it's, it's not a, a one-way thing, is it? I mean, I think about my in-laws sound very similar and, and our son is 14, but, you know, it, mm. they, they get as much out of it as, as he does, I think. And it's meant that they're relationship has, has sort of developed and, and they know what, mm. what he's into and what, what's going on, which is, is really important. That sounds lovely. Yes, I mean, the, the, these these grandparents died a few years ago, but um, right to the end, our children had a really close relationship with them, which was yeah. lovely to see. And, you know, I think both benefited from it. So, you know, we, we've learned from that and uh, trying to continue that sort of tradition, as it were. That's great. David, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast and to um to hear your perspective on the world of style and, and menswear and, and indeed grooming but um well it's been an absolute pleasure hayden thank you so much for asking me yeah oh god it's a, it's a pleasure so I'll, I'll i'll put some of the products that you've mentioned in the podcast notes and um and i'll tell people where they can find you online but great thank, thank you so you. much david have a good rest pleasure. of the day and um, i'll talk to you very soon yeah take thanks, care thanks hayden cheerio then bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. My thanks to David the Grey Fox himself. Um, such an interesting area, isn't it? Um, both sort of the 60-plus style, but also the success he's made of of blogging and, and, and Instagram and, and really made it his own, um, which is, is hard enough. But I think he's found a particular kind of lane and a, and a tone of voice, which is completely authentic, and he's working with all sorts of major brands and, and absolutely storming it. So... Um, Go and swell his numbers a bit more on Instagram. You can find him at Grey Fox Blog. Easy for me to say. Uh, Grey Fox Blog at Instagram and also greyfoxblog.com. Um, I'm going to add some of the, the products that he was talking about into the show notes so you can see if, if some of those products are of interest to you. 
My thanks to David and my thanks to you for listening. Um, please, if you want to follow or subscribe to the podcast, that would be great. It means that you'll get the next episode when it automatically um, comes out, normally sort of midnight on Monday evening into Tuesday. Uh, and also if your podcast platform has uh, the facility to review, that would be amazing too. So my begging is done. Um, I'll bid you farewell. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to David. Thanks to you. And I'll see you next time on Man in the Mirror.